I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another week in the First Gen Lounge. I am so glad that you're here. But aren't I always? I think that you know that. So, hey, it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. All that. Yeah, so we are continuing this conversation about mental health and our wellness and taking care of ourselves. And I was just really convinced and I've been convinced for a while that we need to have a conversation about money. And we've had, you know, one or two here or there. We've had some things kind of sprinkled into the conversations, but I want to talk more about money mindset because I recognize fully that money and mental health as well as money and physical health and all kind of things. They just go hand in hand. And while we're addressing things, you know, to really pull ourselves together, we got to talk about money and not in the traditional sense, you know, of, of what money is like. I'm not going to talk to you about, you know, credit cards and keeping your scores. That's not what we're talking about today. We really want to talk about, again, that money mindset. So I was talking to a friend of mine last month sometime because, you know, I've been going through this really deep transformation of sorts, been really feeling enlightened about things, but not just enlightened, you know, in the sense of, oh, okay, I recognize something. Okay, well, cool. But enlightened that I'm like, yo, not only am I recognizing things, but I'm having to take action and I'm having to, you know, really invest in what I'm coming to terms with and not just make it another, oh, well, it was good for the moment kind of situations. But like I was saying, I'm selling a friend and I said sometime last month, I said, broke people don't talk about money. <laughs> and it's like broke people don't talk about money. I realized this because they don't have money to talk about. And this is why I'm starting to believe people stay broke. Now, that ain't to offend nobody, but think about it. I grew up in, you know, low SES household and we didn't have money to talk about. And what I knew about money was that it was a limited resource and getting it was, you know, hard. My mama had to work three jobs to have money to take care of her kids. So it's not that, you know, money is even a bad thing, but it was a scarce kind of thing. And... It can really be hurtful to not have something and to be a part of conversations where you're not qualified, per se, to have conversations about something because it's not what you know. And I realize even, you know, broke people not talking about money because what I'm finding as I'm talking to some of, you know, people I'm getting to meet and know who are wealthier, money is another conversation to be had at the dinner table. It's something that comes up effortlessly. There is no shame in talking about it. And as I've had to 
you know, really get to know myself over the years and even check myself, what I'm finding is money hasn't been a dinner table conversation and now I'm hungry for it to be. And you can talk about money without talking about how much money you have. And that's something that's not really put out there. Like only rich people can talk about money. But I realized for me that even in a situation for me to say, well, who am I to even have a conversation with you about money? It's realizing who would I be to not share what I'm learning that can be helpful about money. You don't have to be a millionaire to have an understanding of things and to say, hey, this is work for me. This is changing the game for me. This is, you know, giving me a different way to look at the situations I have going on in my life as it comes to money. And not just that, I realized that we have a responsibility to help each other out and we've got to stop being afraid. We're not afraid to go get education and go after these jobs and start businesses and all kind of stuff. So we have to be even more open to talking about things that matter, such as money and especially money mindset. And so there were some things I realized, you know, in this transformation that I've been going through and this evolving that I've had some really, you know, limiting beliefs about money. And one of those things has been, I don't have enough money and can't afford it, whatever that thing is that, you know, maybe I want or desire. And I was like, yo, this didn't just come to me though. I've always kind of felt like I've had to be cheap or I couldn't afford something. I've got to find the thing that was the least price of whatever, right? Because I don't have money. But I heard that, you know, growing up because again of the challenge it was for my mom being a same parent, not being able to get some things for us that we wanted. So they were once not needs and that made things different. And then I found myself thinking, you know, the second thing was, well, I've never had enough money, so I won't be able to afford it. And the idea of not having enough money and not being able to afford something is like, well, I never have enough money. So even, you know, in times of having clearly more than enough money, it's like, well, I still can't afford, you know, some of those things that I want because I don't have enough money. I never have enough money. And you never think that you have enough money like you won't. But then... I found myself in a place where I was having this, you know, this thought process, this perspective of I don't even want to spend my money because I don't know where more money is going to come from. And I was reading, you know, um, article and there was actually a report that suggested that 49 percent of people are actually concerned, anxious or fearful about their financial well-being. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not by myself in this thing, you know, but again, this is like a limited belief. Where's my money going to come from? I don't have, I don't have enough money. I never had enough money. I'm always broke. I'm always, you know, scrapping for change. And, you know, are you really though? Are you really? So again, questions I've had to ask myself or things that I've been thinking are limiting, limiting beliefs. But then a fourth limiting belief I've had is I don't have a budget because I don't ever have enough money to budget. <laughs> like you don't have no money. And, you know, I laugh not because it's even funny, but, you know, you could laugh because like, dang, really, though? So you don't have enough money because you don't even budget your money and you don't know where your money's coming from and you can't ever afford it. So all these negative beliefs about money, you see where I'm going with this? And then, again, an article I was reading, there was a report that suggested that 32% of people actually keep a budget. 32% of people, that's it. 
And then only 30% of people have a long-term financial plan for savings and investing. And then it even said that people who generally make over 75,000 or more are more likely to invest or to even have a budget. Well, hmm. Now, isn't that something? You don't have a budget because you never feel like you have enough budget. But then the people who actually, quote, have money are actually the ones that are budgeting and have a financial plan. Oh, okay. And then, you know, to think about there's 19% of people who have no money in a savings account. So for like emergencies, and then only 31% of people have $500 or less in a savings account. Okay. So that means there are 50% of people who have less than $500 in a savings account for the emergency. Hmm. Only 32% people keep a budget. Hmm. Okay. And then further, I learned that people spend on average four and a half hours a week with their money. Four and a half hours? That's it? So like not even enough to have slept. That's like a couple naps. <laughs> so we literally sleeping on our money. But then again, my limited belief, I don't have a budget because I don't ever have enough money to budget. But if I had a budget... Would I have enough to budget or even know what's going on with my money to be able to save, to be able to plan? Hmm. Just a question I started asking myself and I'm thinking over the course of my life, my limiting belief has actually kept me in some situations in financial understanding of what things look like to where I'm like, oh, okay. It's what I believe and I'm acting on what I believe. Oh, you weren't ready for that, were you? Let's keep going. A fifth limiting belief I've had about money is I don't come from money, so I don't know what to do with it. Hmm. And then further, the article I was reading brought up the point of another study, right? And it was like men actually will save on average seven thousand, whereas women on average only save two thousand. And then white non-Hispanic people on average save seven point one thousand. Hispanics, 1.5,000, and Blacks, 1,000. Okay, so all these limited beliefs that I have about money are further validated by where I come from, what I've been through, how I've been raised. That's scary because I was raised by a Black mother, a single Black mother. who came from a Louis C.S. background. Now, another thing that I did learn, though, is that only one in five people who are experiencing hardship actually come from low SES backgrounds, though. So only 20 percent of people who are challenged with money are making forty thousand dollars or less. Let's just put that into perspective, too. However, the likeness of you actually budgeting is more so if you're making over seventy five thousand dollars. But putting all the data together, I realized that. I was falling into the statistics because of my limited beliefs, but also because of my lack of understanding about things and the limited beliefs that come from generations being generations beyond what's passed down. Now, that is in no way, shape, form or fashion, because y'all know I got my disclaimers out there to say that anything was done wrong about my living and growing up, because I know very well that in any situation, with anyone who was in my life, they only did the best that they can do and they only gave me what they could. So for me, having a financial education, that was something I've had to learn on my own over the years. And I've had to come up with my thoughts and my understanding and my own beliefs about money. So with those limiting beliefs and with my own growth and education and experiences, there are some things that I've realized and here are the things that I want to share with you, right? And my my idea of money mindset and growth around money 
and as an introduction to talking about money, because we're going to talk about money more on this show. We're going to have to, because I understand the struggle out here is real, because struggles are real. But are we saying the struggle is real because we are allowing ourselves to just be in a struggle? Oh, I'm going to come back to that. (laughs) But what I realized is that what we believe about money is how money shows up in our life. Like, true story. When it comes to money, especially for those of us who don't come from much money, and we are always to believe that we just don't have it, it's just not enough, it's not there, it won't be. No matter what job we take on, what experiences we have, it'll never be enough money. Especially when we come from backgrounds where we even want to have, you know, these big dreams about things. We want to do things that are different from what we did growing up. But it's always like, well, that's impossible. We can't do that. But also, I believe this. What we believe about money, even if we only have $5 or $10 in our checkings account, if we believe that that's not enough, we are telling that money that we don't appreciate it. We're telling that money that it's not good enough. Like we are sending that energy to that money and then it won't be enough. It'll never be enough. It's similar to any relationship that you are, you know, investing in your life, right? And what you put into that relationship is often what comes back to you. So if you are looking at money, then it's just $5. I ain't got it no way. Then why would more money want to come into your atmosphere? So what you believe, if you believe you don't have enough, you never have enough, you won't have enough, that is what your reality is going to be. So you got to be really careful about thinking about how you're placing emphasis negatively or positively on money. The second thing is that the way you treat money, and I, I kind of said this, so it's the way it treats you, but the, the other part is to honor and to respect it and to know that there's always more. So I've gotten into a habit now, which I didn't always have, but I heard somebody say this in a video, maybe Marie Forleo, and her idea was like, whenever she spends money, she always says, there's more where that came from. And I told you, one of my limiting beliefs, if I spend this money, I don't know where my next money is going to come from, or I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford something this way or that way. That's what I used to believe. And it's been, you know, a while that I, again, had to change that mindset and how to think about money, not just as a strategic, logical thing, but even as an emotional, mental, spiritual thing, right? And if I honor and respect it, then I'm like, hey, it's always more. It'll come back. I'm putting it out there into the world, but I'm doing good whenever I spend money, right? It's a trade. It's, you know, the value that I'm exchanging for whatever goods or services that I'm getting. And it's totally, it's totally cool. But even with the way I treat money, saying, hey, you know, $5 come or $10 come or $1,000 comes, I'm good with it. Like, thank you for, you know, trusting me to come into my life to know that I'm going to treat you well, to know that I'm going to invest you, to know that I'm going to save you, to know that I'm going to give you to the right people for things. Like, almost as though I've humanized money and how I treat it to respect it, to be able to know that it'll come to me and trust that I would do well and right by it. <laughs> and then the third thing I realized is that I've had to turn I can't afford it to how can I afford it? Because the thing is that you can literally have anything you want, but the thing is, how are you going to have it? How are you going to get it? Like, even if you come from a CS background, You want to take a trip to Egypt, you can take that trip to Egypt. You can take a week-long, month-long trip to Egypt. The difference is that it may take you five, six years to save the money for, depending on the condition. But the thing is that you can still afford it. Is it a payment plan that you can get on? Is it doing a fundraiser? Like, the thing is, you've got to open yourself up, 
not to I can't have it, I can't do it, but how? How? Because to say I can't automatically removes you from even some possibility of being able to do something. But by asking yourself how, you open your mind up to finding solutions. So even now, when I think of things, I'm like, I don't have the money for that. I don't have the money for that. I'm like, well, I may not be able to get this this particular brand or this particular service or even collaborate with this particular partner, but I can look in other areas and find, you know, in what space am I going to be able to have this exchange that I need for what I'm for what I need for what I want. So when you think about things, especially when it comes to your money mindset, stop canceling yourself out from things. And you may not be able to afford it immediately paid in full, but that doesn't mean that there are not options for you to find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is that a vision board about wealth ain't enough. <laughs> you can put money on your vision board all day. Have fun with that. <laughs> have fun with that. But really, it's not enough to just say that you are going to have wealth and money. Believing that is absolutely true. But by not budgeting and investing and learning or spending time with your money, like you're not going to have it or more of it. That's just what's for real. And I didn't even realize, though, not having a vision for money was actually something that was hindering me. When I used to do my vision boards, I would make money a very small part of my vision board as though I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to, you know, make it like I'm all about money. But here's the reality about money. Money is nothing more than a value exchange for the house we live in, for the cars we drive, for the clothes we get. What we're saying to, again, people and companies, what have you, is you're telling me that this is worth $7 to you, and I'm telling you I have $7 to give you to exchange. It's an exchange. That's what it is. And so when I think about more that I want to do in life, you know, is more money tied to having those things and be able to do those things, even if it's just public good and helping people. Like, you realize a lot of helping people is even being able to have money to help them. If there's different ways to help people, absolutely. It always is. Spending time with them, mentoring them. Yes, all those things. But even when you think about stuff like scholarships and sending people to school or some of those other things you want to do, those things require money. And me wanting more money to be able to do more good in, in different ways, there's nothing bad about that. And that's something that I had to realize as well. But again, thinking about the vision board part, that ain't enough. Not just that. What's the plan for the money? Which brings me to five. You got to set your intentions for your money and be responsible for it. That's what I, again, I realized. So when I think about, you know, having wealth and what wealth looks like, financial wealth, what am I going to do with it? If it's just to get the money to go blow it, then that takes me back to treating money in the way money treats you. How do you expect more money to come for you if you're just going to waste it and be material and then you don't have it because you're telling the money, I don't respect you and I'm going to do whatever with you. I'm going to just waste you and get things that are just material. But, you know, what happens to substance, right? What happens to, hey, money, I would love you to come into my life, you know, so that I can save you for when I'm, you know, salt and peppered. That's actually, you know, how I've named one of my accounts, salt and pepper. <laughs> but oh, for when I get old, right? Like, you know, thank you for that. And even speaking of intentions, you know, and being responsible for it. When you get money, what are you asking your money to do for you? Like, you know, thank you for coming to my life. And that's how I've really gotten, you know, with time. When money comes to my life, I thank it. Again, it doesn't matter if it's $5, $2,000, $7,000. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for, for being here for me. Can I get you all now to do A, B, and C? And it's like, what? So 
I am a believer of multiple accounts. And so what I realized, even in setting my intentions, even when I have not had the money to go into accounts is that, hey, you know what? What I want to do anyway is believe that, you know, I may not have the money for that thing right now, but it doesn't mean I won't have it. So I'm still going to set the intention. I'm going to create an account for whatever this thing is. So when the money comes in, I'm going to ask somebody, hey, can some of y'all, can I get some of y'all to move over here? And so truly between investment accounts and savings accounts and, you know, spending to break the money down. So when the money comes in, hey, thanks, you know, for, for showing up, for being here. Now, can I get you all to move? I want to put 20 of y'all over here. I want to put a hundred of y'all over here. I want to put a thousand y'all over here and really like having this relationship with money to where I'm thinking of it, not just as a beyond that exchange of, you know, hey, value for whatever service or good, but thinking of it in a way that we're working together. We're a collaborative bunch in how we're approaching life to get through things together. So I'm going to need some of y'all to go sit in an investment account for me because I'm going to need y'all to be there for me, you know, in the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, right? I'm going to need some of y'all to be in my emergency fund because I'm probably going to need y'all to, like, look out for me if something happens with the car. And even that shift in thinking really, really did a lot for me in thinking about my intentions for money or, hey, you know, even on the business side, which we'll talk about one of these days, when I think about what the money looks like for me is, okay, well, I need you all to go towards my marketing advertising so people can know about what we've got going on over here. <laughs> so that that mental shift, you know, and what I've known about those limiting beliefs and what I read in statistics, it's like, I don't want to be that statistic. So I've got to change things and I've got to be able to do better about my money. And that is when that learning, that that shift, that transformation is when things started to change for me greatly. When I started to see money come to me in multiple ways and oftentimes, you know, not in ways that I was even expecting. So that's the other thing. When you can respect money, it'll show up in ways when you believe that you always have enough. It'll show up. And it's like not that you haven't even put things in place, but sometimes it's think I had 20 book sales today. You know, well, I asked this, you know, bit of money if they can go and market for me and tell the folks about me. And that moved into, you know, the selling of books or the booking of a speaking engagement. So you're to work in collaboration with your money. The things that I realize, and again, it's so powerful to realize that because it even makes budgeting seem less of a daunting task and more of a thing that it's a part of what I'm doing to be able to continue to live well and be well and thinking, you know, what money I have for that. And I've even, you know, come across this program, which I'm going to share with you in the show notes, but it's called You Need a Budget. And it fully aligns with what I believe about budgeting and money and flexibility and prioritization and saving and paying off debt and all these things. And even like, you know, thinking about debts that you may have. Here's another thing that I would even offer to you. Are you saying debt is debt is a bad thing? You know, is it a bad thing because you've been irresponsible? Probably yes, if it is. But if you have debt of any kind because of a worthwhile investment that you felt like you were making, then relieve yourself from that pressure thinking like you did something wrong and that it's all bad, right? There are ways for you to get out of that. But again, are you asking some of your money to go back, you know, to those individuals to take care of those companies that have invested in you? Because one of the mental shifts that I had a couple of years ago was I stopped looking at debt as debt and I started looking at it as, you know, these are investment returns. These are 
companies that have said, hey, you're worth investing in. Here's your line of credit. Here's your loan. Here's whatever. And I'm just saying thank you for your belief in investing in me personally. And I'm just returning to my investors. So even my thought process about debt and what it looks like is no more of a, oh my gosh, it's got all this debt. Do you have debt for a reason? You know, did you go through some kind of, you know, life altering situation with a parent or a sibling or, you know, a friend or a loved one? And you had to depend on those investors to be able to support whatever you had going on. In that case, you don't feel bad about it. Like that was that's my take on it. You do what you got to do, because especially coming from the backgrounds that, you know, your low ACS and even still, you may be in a different financial situation, but not all of your family is. And even if you've budgeted and you got yourself together, maybe that investment that you got from that creditor or whomever was the best option for you at that time. Is getting through school, through grad school, those things are justifiable. Starting a business that's justified. To me, that's justifiable. So be gentle with yourself in that. But as you're moving forward and thinking about money mindset, how you're feeling and perceiving about money, what you're thinking about it, what you are becoming because of money or not becoming because of your limited beliefs about money. Here are a few questions I want to leave you with to ask yourself. Why am I broke or struggling with money? Like, is it really the life and all the bills and all the things or is it you that's in your way of what's happening with your money like is it you having too much pride to have a roommate is it you having too much pride to have a different car or to not get a certain purse or some shoes like are you really being irresponsible with your money and again treating it unkindly and that doesn't mean that you know, you're out here saying, well, what do you mean? I kind of I can't have nice things. I don't have nice things. I love nice things. But the thing is, at the end of the day, are you looking at it as an investment because it's truly worthwhile or is it just something to show off? <laughs> Set them in ditches, baby. OK, got them. And then and what thing about, you know, are you struggling with money because you're refusing to change because how you see money is how you see it, how you always seen it. And you're not even allowing yourself to be open to other ways. Are you not picking up a book and trying to read and learn more? Are you not sitting with your money, spending time and knowing what you got coming in and how things are going back out? You know, that's really important to know and to think about because you may be the reason it may not be your mama asking for money or your sister you know needing to borrow something it may not be that you know you had something suddenly come up that you just didn't plan for right it's is it you you know asking yourself that and then here's the thing so then is it something that you're allowing for yourself like can you really answer that question honestly are you allowing yourself to like be in the financial situation you are because of your money mindset and is it too scary for you to make changes or do something difficult, even because you think that doing something difficult would be too hard or because you don't have it and you never have it? Or is it even because like it's just easier to do it this way because this is what I know? Remember, though, you know, a fool is only a fool. They keep doing the same thing, thinking they're going to get different results. <laughs> that was insanity. So, OK, that said it was it Einstein. Who said that? I done remixed it. But you get what I'm saying. So is it something that you allow for yourself? And if it is, are you going to own that? And if you're going to own that, then what is next for you? You know, in, in this change, what do you feel like you need to be doing going forward? And then, you know, three, what beliefs do you have about money that you need to check yourself on? So 
ask yourself that. What is it that I believe about money that I need to check myself on? Because am I really believing that I don't have enough? I'm always going to be broken in the payday. Like, is that is that true? And if you're believing that, then why? Going back to why? What is it about your life or your situation that's got you into this this mindset or this this framework that this is what it's always going to be? Is it really? Or is it like that you really need to shake something up a little bit and do something different? Like, let, let yourself know. But what beliefs? Do you believe that... You know, growing up, you always had to be cheap because you never had it because you became convinced that you're never going to have anything more. And is that because you're not willing to do anything different to invest, to put aside retirement, to start a business, to get real estate property? What is that? You know, what is that? And then for am I expressing gratitude for what I have at this very moment? Five dollars, ten dollars, fifty thousand dollars. Are you grateful for what you have now? Because if you can't be grateful for what you have now, you can't expect to have more. That's one of the beliefs that I've grown to have. And by realizing that, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If I'm telling this $5, this $5 ain't enough. And it may be true that for whatever that thing may be, that bill may be, it may not be able to cover that thing. But still, am I grateful for this $5? That while it may not be enough for the electric bill, is this $5 enough for me to get some gas or to go get a meal? <laughs> it's all in perspective, right? And is this $5, you know, something that even I can invest and do something with that's going to help me grow and have more money? Is this $5 going to get me a meal so that I cannot be hungry at work? Is it going to feed my children? Is this $5 going to get me gas to get to work? You know, is this $5 going to be that $5 social media push that I needed to get more people to come and invest in my business? But if you can look at what you have and always see that it's enough and thank what you have for doing what it's doing in your life, that's even more of and a change for you internally and emotionally such that more money can come to you and trust that you're going to be grateful for what comes and that you're going to again do it right and then the the last question what do I want my money to do for me so we talked about it you know and I suggested on setting my intentions but what do you want your money to do for you do you want your money to just have you living a life luxury and if that's the case then okay so if that then how are you going to invest that money so that you can get to that luxury or whatever that thing may be or if you know your money is to help other people is to help your family how are you asking your money to show up for you and do things for you and wishing it well because if i say hey money you know can i get y'all to go into this investment account and y'all gonna play with a few friends and I, you know they're gonna y'all gonna you know play a couple games and just see, you know, if you can get the 7% back, you know, like, oh, oh okay, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to play that game. But really, are you asking your money to show up for you? And are you showing up for your money in a way to say, I want y'all to just go sit and chill for a little bit until I need y'all. Y'all can relax and take a break. But it's just this, this thing about money and mindset and grasping what money means to you and having conversations about money about what you don't know and not being afraid to ask people you know even hey what are you doing with your money so i can even figure out some things that i can be doing with my money that would even make sense here are some of my goals do you have goals for your money you know, again, what do you want your money to do for you i mean how are those goals associated to i want to take this trip to aruba well are you asking some of your money to go sit in the pot you know so that y'all can go to aruba are you doing that and so thinking about even what's mattering and what's important and how you're prioritizing things, it all comes together because what you prioritize 
is what you spend your money on and you can know again what's important or what's not important everything can't be important a pair of shoes can't be as important as the roof that you're living under but if it is then you might want to consider getting a new roof and what did you go share with a few friends? So it's being honest with yourself. And I think when, you know, when it comes to money mindset, we stress because we also refuse to acknowledge the money that we have or refuse to acknowledge where we are with things. And then we don't want to give it any attention or pain any mind because it's just too stressful. But just like with anything else in life, ignoring the situation, ignoring the challenge, ignoring whatever it may be, is the quickest way to stay in that situation. So if you sick of your shit, do something about it. If you sick of where you at, do something about it. Figure out what you need to do. What can you eliminate? You know, what can you change? And again, what can you look at differently about what's coming with money and what's your money? So here's with all that, that I, I challenge you to work on your money mindset to also help work on your mental health around money. Because you're stressing and stressing and stressing and stressing about money. And it's kind of like, dang, you know, this is hard. What do I do if I don't have no income or I've been just been laid off from my job? And I know that these things are happening. But if you have been laid off, if you are struggling with, you know, variable income, if there are things that are happening, still, what are you believing? Are you trusting that you will get another job? Are you trusting that money's going to show up, that you're going to have what you need, that you will, you know, sometimes it's as easy as having a conversation with a friend, but having this belief that you are taken care of no matter what. And you have a conversation with a friend about something totally unrelated and they just offer you a hundred dollars. I've had that happen to me. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> but my belief was that no matter what, I'll be taken care of and that there's always more money. And there truly is because let's just, you know, give even, you know, this current situation. Let it be an example. All of a sudden, many people had $1,200 show up at their doorstep and their bank accounts, right? Like that money had to be created. There's always more. But even with that money, did you just go blow it on some fun things? Or did you say, I'm going to put this in? Can y'all go sit in savings just in case something like this happened again? Can y'all go, you know, and chill in the stock market for me for a little bit so that when it's back to good, <laughs> I can have a little bit more of you. You can bring some more friends to the party. And, you know, it's just really fascinating that even without having a lot of money, don't think for a second that you can't talk about money or learn about money so that you can have a better relationship with money because to know better is to do better and it's again beyond just paying a credit card debts giving the money back not you know living beyond your means it goes beyond that and it's how you truly think and feel about the world and what comes you don't have enough money i'll never have enough money but i'm gonna go buy a car that i can't even afford uh what assistance does that make? <laughs> you know, I can afford this car because I do make this kind of money and I, you know, this is what I want. This is fitting. This is an alignment with what I've got going on with my life. You know, this is going to help me to get to work. It's going to be able to help me comfortably drive my grandmother around. It's thinking differently and then thinking deeper. But uh, that is all that I have. And again, a different tone, a different thought process, a different approach. But we'll talk about some of the technical pieces about money, because for you to even understand some of the elements of investing or the value in investing or putting money away, paying yourself first, got to first start with that money mindset and what you believe about money and starting to shift like how you see money and your ability to have it. And something I would tell you for sure before, you know, we get off this today is that every person that I have studied 
who has some degree of wealth, who are like millionaires and beyond. The one thing that I know is they all believed, but not only did they believe, they had some idea of what needed to happen and they worked the plan to get to where they are. And so beyond belief, you know, it's like, what do they say? Works without action is dead. <laughs> who does they say? The Bible. So even in that thought, believe, change your intentions, establish a relationship with your money like you do with some of your friends. Treat it well. Thank it. You know, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate you. Okay, somebody's going to show up again like in, in, and things will happen. It will. Because there was a day, and I tell you, it was one day I had money come to me in seven ways that I did not expect. But I didn't expect it, but I believed that it would come to me. I believed that money, you know, wasn't, and money's not an issue. And you're like, oh, it's not an issue, but you know, I ain't got money. Got to start changing that because once you change your mindset about what money looks like and how it's supposed to show up in your life, you will start changing how you're treated and you'll realize that you always have more than enough. Mm, I get myself done. All right. Know that I love you and I'm always here for you. And I appreciate you for spending this time with me. And if you like this particular session, since we need to have these money conversations, just share it with a few of your friends who need to hear it too. Who, you know, so that y'all can start talking about money in your own little circle and we can come back and start talking about money so we can all be out here getting it and feeling good and not stressing about money or the money that we don't have. All right. And I'm out. Peace.